Welcome to the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast, brought to you as always by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rice to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged, 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com, the new LLPavorsky.com. I'm Spike Eskin, along with L.L. Pavorsky's illegitimate child, Mike Levin. Hey, buddy. Good morning. Good morning. I was saying this morning that the Sixers, and I don't think that there's even a debate about this, the current Sixers are the most interesting, horrible team in the history of sports, at least in my lifetime. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, I think some people would say, like, like a team with a lot of trouble with the law or a lot of, like, that kind of thing would be like, hey, they had more hiccups. But this is just, like, from a pure, just, like, curiosity standpoint. It's unreal. It's unreal. So before we get to all that, a couple of housekeeping notes. First of all, as I've mentioned, every pod, the bus trip is sold out. More information to come. But if you missed out on that or you just can't get enough uh, awkward meetups with internet friends, uh, Rights to Ricky Sanchez Night at the Sixers is uh, live and you can buy tickets. I talked to a gentleman at the Sixers last night. So it is February 26th against the Washington Fuck Andrew Sharps. Um, we will all sit together in the same section. So all you have to do is go to tickets are only 23 bucks. Um, and I'm, we, we should have like a lot of, there's an interesting bonus if a lot of people buy tickets and I will only mention it if it happens, but, um, 23 bucks, 23 bucks. We'll all sit together. So just go to sixers.com slash promo and use the and all this information is on spikeeskin.com and use the promo code RTRS. So if you go to sixers.com/promo, it just asks you for the promo code. You put in RTRS and then you just get the tickets. Um, there are only so we're gonna do like in normal normally like with group sales, you have to guarantee them a, like an amount of people. And if you don't hit that amount of people, like you have to buy a bunch of other tickets. And I refused. <laughs> so the way that we're doing that is like. If we sell out of the first group, they can add more tickets for us. So if for some reason this sells out, they can add more tickets in the same section and we'll figure it out. So um, but I would love to sell I would love to like fill up an entire section and do like lots of Sam Hinkie chants and stuff like that. So <laughs> so it's it's live now. So uh, Sixers.com slash promo and just use promo code RTRS and uh, rate us on iTunes and the podcast is available on Stitcher. And okay, so here's what I have. Here's the list of stuff I have for us to talk about. That's um, a lot. Yeah, I have following up on our initial Jerry Colangelo thoughts, and I think yes. we, uh, both of our opinions have probably evolved to a certain mm-hmm. extent. The Sam Hinkie interview with Zach Lowe, yeah. uh, the Brett Brown extension, mm. the news of Mike D'Antoni possibly being an associate head coach for the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Broken by Woj, which, by the way, this is a new era of Sixers where <laughs> Woj breaks everything. Like, the tide has turned. Uh, so unfollow Woj for draft night because I can assure you, like, it will be ruined if you follow him. Uh, the return of Kendall Marshall. The rumor within the the Zach Lowe piece that, uh, that the Sixers, that to keep an eye on Elton Brand as a vet for them to sign. And, of course, the hilarious Instagram post and follow-up tweet from Joel Embiid last night. <laughs> so we have all of these things to get to. It's a lot of things, and we have limited time. So I think the first thing we should do is just sort of give a refresher on um, how our thoughts about Colangelo 
and the higher have evolved. Do you have any further ones or no? <laughs> no nope. temperature. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I think I think I was like pretty good with it when we talked about it last in the emergency Ricky. And certainly new information's come to light. And at first the information looked bad. Like it looked like, oh, the league really stepped in. I think that was that uh Haberstrow piece, I think it was. Yeah. Um, um yeah. And then and then yeah. Ken Berger wrote something for CBS Sports. And the league has sort of sneakily been like, that one's the more correct one. Um, and it was saying that um, that basically Harris reached out and was like, hey, would love some help. Um, and Silver looked at like, a bunch of people, gave him a bunch of names, and, and Colangelo was one that worked out. I'm sure that maybe that wasn't all there was to it, but... Uh, I, I guess I just don't buy that this is like the end of days for Hinky, and I think that long interview with Zach Lowe helps solidify that position for me. Um, I just I, I just think that he's Colangelo is seventy six years old. He lives in Phoenix or Arizona. I don't I don't know if it's Phoenix, um, and just because he has a son doesn't mean he's going to hire him now. Right? So like I guess I'm just still I'm still not worried. And like with the Mike D'Antoni thing, like it's just gonna add firepower to be able to like make us look legitimate and, and make the make more connections and get us get the team in a better situation to uh to not look like the embarrassment publicly some people see the mess. So, are you lower on it? Where are you comparatively to what we talked about it last time? I am in a similar middle place. I think here's 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 where I am. Is that I do not think I think most of the stories that are out are probably wrong. I think so. I don't think they hired Jerry Colangelo as an exit plan for Sam Hankey. I don't believe that. Um, though I do think it's possible that he did that interview. The interview with Zach Lowe is an interesting, like, why did he do it? Like, why is it there? And part of me thinks, like, well, because it would be a good idea PR-wise for the Sixers to solidify that. But then the Mm -hmm. other part of me thinks, like, Hinky is thinking, well, if Colangelo is going to play this public game where he says that he's getting final say on everything and that the Sixers begged him to come help, well, Mm -hmm. then I I have to sort of solidify my place publicly too. I don't know what's going on. There are a million different reasons that that could have happened. So I I can't – everything about this. So I don't think they they hired him to – to like just sort of be Hinky's like boss and, right. and that everyone. But I also don't think that like Jerry Colangelo thinks that he's th- just a Doug yeah. Collins desk advisor. Yeah, or I don't think he so his ego comes into play here too. And the reality of once he is in this situation and if they tell him, well, we're going with Sam on this final decision, and Colangelo's like, like, who the, f- who are you kidding? Like, at, no, you're not. You know what I mean? So I think, I don't think the hire was that complicated at, in terms of why they did it. I also think the whole ownership thing. I think it's a combination of a million things. Like, do I think that the owners were wearing on 
on Adam Silver and the team as to why they were doing what they were doing and that they didn't approve of it, I think yes. I think that's probably part of it. But I also think it's part of it that the Sixers think, well, if we're going to ramp this up this summer and none of the agents want to deal with our guy, well, then that's a, a big that's a big problem. You know, yeah. and we should do something about it. And the fact that that Sam wouldn't talk to the media about the Okafor thing, you know, was a, a probably a problem. And I think Brett was probably frustrated too. So I think there were yeah. a million different things. The the problem that I have is not is not the best case scenario of how this works out. The problem that I have is how unlikely that scenario seems to me. And yeah, I, I I just don't think. I, I just don't think that two guys who think they know the right answer and who have an ambiguous power structure, I just – I think it's – maybe it works out, but I, I just think it's hard that it – it's hard for it not to and that's – it's hard for it to and that sort of frustrates me. But that's also the problem of hiring a guy like Sam who has a very specific way he wants to do things and a very uh, autonomous uh, – I'm sure there was a lot of debate in every decision yeah. – but his decision is very autonomous, and hiring a guy without a uh, more of a pedigree, like more of a history, more mm-hmm. of a resume, that's the hard thing about doing that is that once you're all in with him, it's sort of hard to deviate from that. And I guess that's my problem. I was thinking about it the other day. Um, did you watch – did you listen to the new – the second season of Serial, the first episode? No, was- I, I have not listened to that yet. It's good, and you should listen. I will. Um, I, will. I think I, was, I might listen when they're already out, so I don't have to wait week to week. I'm I did that bad. last year, and yeah. now I'm excited to to wait the week to week. I think okay. that's gonna be that's gonna be a new experience for me. That's fair. But I was I was listening to it, and I was just like, and it was coming off the heels of the like, because uh, we have to talk about this also the Josh Harris <laughs> and David Blitzer like buying an NFL team and moving oh, to yeah. London and throwing the Sixers to like Will Smith's nephew or something and Adam Aaron uh, or Adam Aaron yeah. yeah um and it's just like we're we're never gonna know the yeah. truth yeah. about like anything like there's so many just like things happen the way that they happen and that is the truth but the way it gets to the public it's like we're just never gonna know like there's like we're not you don't get to the end of this movie and just be like oh that's what happened. Like, we're never going to know in our lives. And, I mean, things will shake out the way they shake out, but you don't know how what the intentions were at any, at any point because you just can't take anybody at their word. And it was like a real, like, harrowing moment for me where it's like, I'm just fucking talking about shit that might not be true. Like, it's yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's frustrating in a way, but, like, also, like... Well, it's freeing, too, I think, in a way, too, in in that, like, any article that you read, anyone that tells you they know that this means that Sam Hinkie is, like, dead man walking, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. And it was funny that people, I think you might have said this last time, um, people that were saying, like, no one knew what the Colangelo press conference was, and then then a day later, everyone knew exactly what was going on in the Sixers organization. And it's like, hold on a second, guys. Maybe not. Um, yeah. I think every the my basic read on it is, if you thought Hinky was shitty beforehand, you look at the Colangelo hiring and be like, well, f- f- finally and obviously Hinky's done, uh, which a lot of people, most of whom write for the Brooklyn Nets for whatever reason, uh, say. 
that Hinky is Hinky is now stripped of his power and it looks bad for him. And the Brooklyn Nets comment was just because it seems like everyone who writes for the Nets or likes the Nets yeah. really hates what the Sixers are doing. Yeah. Maybe it's because they have no assets in a horrible organization and so they have to take it out on somebody else. I they, don't know. They literally did the exact opposite. Yes. If you could do the exact opposite in basketball, that's what they did. They did the exact opposite of what the Sixers did. I I I, I hate that we we've talked about this before, but like it really blows my mind how much people hate this. And I'm just so confused yeah. by it. I'm just so like, hey, why does it make you so upset that you have to tweet so much like hate about the Sixers? Like they're just trying something different. You look at the stats, you t- you retweeted it this morning uh, about the average age of players and the average NBA experience. Yeah. And the Sixers are at at the bottom in terms of experience. And it's like, someone has to be at the bottom. If they're on one side of something, on totally one side, maybe that's the way to win a championship and become a title contender. Maybe that's the the, the path they have to take. Like, someone's going to be the least experienced team in the league. Why not just try to capitalize on that and think about that going forward? But like, why are everyone just so like against trying this new thing? And they blame revenue sharing, but it's like the Sixers aren't the lowest revenue sharing team, and they certainly aren't the lowest in terms of road attendance in the league. I so it really just feels like just hating on nerds and like bullies. It just feels like bullying. I why do you guys just leave us alone? Just who, well, it, why it's aren't people like slamming on the Bucks right now because they made all the wrong moves this offseason and now they're in weird limbo. They do have two franchise cornerstones who might be legitimate, but like there's plenty of teams in the league who are fucking up and don't get attendance and why aren't you interfering there? It just feels like the it the Sixers are just very low hanging fruit. And I, I just think the joke is old at this point. I, I think there are a couple of things. I think, first of all, anytime you try something new or extreme, that, that it will polarize people like this. But I was listening. Andy Greenwald did a podcast with the guy that took over the Daily Show. Um, what's his name? He's a South African guy. Trevor um, Noah. Black guy. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, we've gotten to this. And he was talking about politics. But it's the same with sports, is that people would much rather be right than know the truth. They, they, you know, they would much rather have have their prediction be right or have their supposition be right than right. know what's really happening or understand. And so, so you know, so once it becomes a battle of I was right versus you were right, and this is even honestly like from my sports radio um, experience, people love saying that you were wrong about predicting a game or who would be good, and it's the most hilarious thing. Like, why did you even take? What I said seriously, and I don't know who's going to win. I don't have any idea. But people are very, people are very convinced that they, uh, people really like being right, and they really like when other people are wrong. And I think that's part of it too. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. A, I, the the good things about the Colangelo thing, I think, are good. I, I do think the more you think about it, that it would have been really hard for them to land a. Uh, a, a bigger free agent or even like a upper middle level free agent, you know, like even like a Paul Millsap type guy. I yeah. don't, I don't like Paul Millsap, but without with, it makes it easier having Colangelo. It definitely does. I think it definitely yeah. does. And I think, I think it's interesting that that along with 
a Brett Brown extension along with the practice facility along with mm-hmm. you know it 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 sort of rounds that out i just i and we don't have to be, uh, belabor the point but i the the how this ends up i think makes me a little uh, makes me a little nervous but we'll just have to i'm not i'm not against it i just i i'm just i am in 1 million percent wait and see what happens mode and i'm yeah. not going to make any declarations uh, to the contrary i guess i look at it right now and they have so many assets and pieces that even if they hot, even if Hinky goes like they will be set up to be a good team for a long time just because of how much talent that they have like coming in either already or in the next year or two and even if Hinky gets ousted next offseason before the draft after the draft whatever it's they're they're not just going to trade all of those picks for like Greg Buckner. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're it's going to be the maybe they'll package together for a star, but like even if even like so quote unquote basketball people, not analytics people, like have there are good basketball people. Like just because Jerry Colangelo isn't like yeah, 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 Al Mori doesn't mean that he's like going to fuck it up. I think. If he were to hire his son, then you could be more concerned. But I really don't think just because he has a son doesn't mean he's going to like, he has to hire him. Like, my dad's never hired me for anything. And I don't think it's going to happen. But I mean, he's in the same, different field. So I guess it's a little closer. Yeah. But uh, I, I could this go wrong? Of course it could go wrong. Everything could go wrong. But at least the franchise is set up in a good place to where. Even if more win now decisions are made, they're still loaded in so many ways that I think a lot of things will inevitably go right. Yeah, I I just think this brings us back to the the right or wrong discussion as to what I care about more, and I haven't actually decided. And that oh, is Hinky or the Sixers. Well, it's not Hinky or the Sixers. It's like. This is a whole separate podcast. We have a lot to get to, but it, it's just it's it's more like well, I, I don't want to get there just because I, I I wanted to get there, and this is selfish, and and maybe this isn't me being a real fan or whatever that is, but I wanted to get there a specific way, of course, and, yeah, and, and not if even you've a, hung out with the team, if you've hung out with us long enough, hung with us long enough, you you all we all do, we all have yeah. to come to the fact that Jerry Colangelo will now get a lot of credit for whatever the Sixers do. And even yeah, and even on top of that, yes, I think there's it's it's sort of it's not hard to mess up where they are, but it would be hard to not make a decision to get respectable and not be able to get respectable. That would be hard. And I think given the the uh the picks and players and space that they have, they could turn around and say, "Okay, we want to turn this into a legitimate team. I think that yeah. would be hard to not be able to do, and that's fine. I just, I just like, I, I was, I think a lot of people became invest, invested in this who maybe weren't even Sixers fans before because yeah. of what they were doing because it was interesting. And because I just, it like implied like hope, like it was yes. really like hope personified of like the future is going to be good. And even though we're struggling now, it's like a metaphor for a lot of people's lives. Like even yeah. though we're struggling now, it will get better. Because we are planting the seeds now. And I just made my first orchard reference just now. Yeah, there it right is. Right this second. 
that seems like a good way to move on to the Zach Lowe piece with Hinky. Yeah. I thought there were, uh, you know, it wasn't, there were a lot of things he said in there that I feel like he said before in different words and different contexts. I know this is crazy, but the, the thing that I liked the most about it was that when they were talking about Kendall Marshall and he was like, we thought he was going to be ready at the start of the season and we screwed up and, yeah. and I screwed up. And, and that is a, um, and not that I don't think he ever thinks that there is a changeable way to do something. Like you have to be malleable that way. But I thought it was a – it made me feel better <laughs> that that they didn't – you know, that, that that was an they error. Didn't go, they didn't go into the season being like, well, whatever, point guards are useless. Yeah, be- because because of all the people that kept saying Ish Smith, Ish Smith, Ish Smith. I was like, I know I like Ish Smith, but Kendall Marshall is just – is sort of the same thing on a lot of levels, and he'll be here. And I didn't know it was going to be until the middle of December when he was going to be here, and it seems like they didn't either. But overall, it was a, you know, it was, he, I think he opened himself up. He admitted he was wrong on a few things. He admitted he might need to change. He admitted he doesn't know how this ends up. Like All the things yeah, in there I thought were good. Totally. And there was nothing like super revealing for people that have listened to Hinky talk before. I think some people would be confused by why he's admitting he's wrong, but that's the kind of guy he is. Like, he he's confident and he thinks he knows best, as I think every GM or every front office person in NBA does. But like, he's not the kind of person that would just like pass the buck and and be like, no, this should have worked or we whatever. It's like they take risks, they take smart risks, they try to have all the information that they have. And not everyone is going to work out. And sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. And so it's like, I think maybe, you know, maybe the Okafor thing is something that he'd go back on. But like, I, I, he would never say that. But he's not a selfish prick. Like, he's going to be like, yeah, I fucked up. Like, he's he's easy to own up to his mistakes in my experience. So I, it was great. I mean, the, the I, I was sort of hoping, I found it interesting why... It, the interview wasn't just like question, answer, question, answer, question, yeah. answer. Like it was yeah. all in the like, this is like a feature on Hinky that Zach Lowe is sort of uh, like pulling together himself. Yeah. Um, why do you think that is? Why do I think that he wrote it that way? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he just likes writing interviews that way. I've I've never... Yeah. I, you know, the only reason that any time I've ever done an interview piece and done it that way, it's just easier to do it like the question, answer, question, answer, and not construct mm-hmm. a narrative. And I think, um, I think, I, I think for people like Zach and basket people that really, really like basketball and find this all interesting, not just this thing, but basketball in general, I think if you don't have any skin in the game, which is somebody that Zach doesn't seem like he, he, he never said, you know, this is horrible, and he also never said this is the right thing. He always just said it was interesting. I think yeah. this whole thing, this whole experiment is really interesting. And then mm-hmm. it's very, you know, it's uh, it's interesting that it's happening in real life. So maybe he just wanted to add context to things. And maybe he also wanted to give his opinion. And maybe also he didn't want it to look like it was um, – Sam controlling the message. I don't. I don't know. But um, maybe he just likes writing them that way. I don't know. Yeah, that could be it. Um, yeah. It is interesting that Sam went to Zach and not to maybe his favorite Sixers podcast uh, with huh. two friendly hosts and a and a rapport. 
Yeah, well, you want to go to somebody who it might seem – there's nothing that seems <laughs> like uh, more – uh, I'm not going to a neutral source than coming to this podcast. Like this is the we are the least neutral source in. Like I can just imagine the opening of that. It's like, hey Sam, Colangelo is a real old fuck on Skype, isn't he? I bet he's terrible, huh? Um, let's talk about every great trade you made. Let's start no, with the first one. No, yeah. I'd ask no. hard kidding. I'd ask hard hitting questions. Yeah, of course. Hard. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was. I thought it was. Yeah, like you said, there was nothing, and I don't expect him to do anything, say, right. say anything that is is shocking or anything. But mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I thought it was good that he did it. I'm glad that he did it. Um, uh, what is next on my? It's going to do Brett and D'Antoni. Yeah, yeah, we'll do them at once. Well, and because they sort of come to, I, I'm. It's funny. I'm glad they extended Brett, but I don't think that they nor Brett really had any choice but to extend Brett. Yeah. And, yes. And when people say that this means he'll be here, the NBA teams, the the, the TV contract is such, and they they make this sort of money as as such that they they really. This is not money. They are paying JaVale McGee $12 million not to be here. So mm-hmm. if they at some point, I've said this before, decide that Brett Brown shouldn't be here anymore, they will just fire him and pay him the rest of his contract. They, yeah. they probably won't love it, but but he has to see this through to save his reputation, and they have to allow him to see this through because of how much the players have responded to him, I think, most times, and how what a, a good soldier he's been publicly, um, and how, uh, you know, I, I think I, I think everyone had to do this. So. Yeah, agree. There, no one's going to give either Sam or Brett, like, a new job, what they want right now. They'll have to take a, an assistant something or other if they leave Philadelphia, basically, yeah. because of how no one just, no one hires you. You you can't go you can't stay on top after after you've been this bad for this long, um, but if they get better, then obviously they become more appealing. But I think it's in the best interest of everybody because stability is something that they really thought was important, and and maintaining like a, a culture is something that Hinky's talked about since he got here. Um, and Brett has been instrumental in in keeping everybody. There's been no big. I mean, aside from Okafor, and I don't blame Brett for him getting in, for for Jaleel getting into fights in Boston um, or speeding. There hasn't been any like huge blowups. Like Brett has kept the locker room for three years, like in really good spirits, basically. And then we've heard a couple things that never really got out publicly. But uh, I think it, the fact that they've been losing this much into Two big losing streaks, three big losing streaks if you count twenty six. Um, then it's just like Brett is doing as good of a job uh, as a camp counselor wise as you could ever imagine. I think that there's some issues that we all have with him as a head coach at this point, but they all come back to the fact that like he doesn't have enough talent, and it really probably doesn't matter anyway. Yep, I agree. So. On to D'Antoni. I, I don't – so there are a lot of I, – I was I woke up to it. I didn't see it when it happened last night. Yeah. There are there – are, I, I emailed you to make sure that you saw it before this. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you? I didn't see the email. Yeah, I, 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 I saw it. I woke up at – D'Antoni, I think. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I woke up um, – I mean I get up super early on – remember, it's it's later where I am. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I woke up and I saw it and I thought now – 
to to my defense, when I first heard the Colangelo thing, it was the first thing I thought too. I was like, oh, cool, just adding another smart person. Yes, but, yes. But D'Antoni, first of all, I, there's a lot of weird stuff out there about him not being a good coach. He is a mm-hmm. he is a good coach, yes. um, and he was he uh, he thought about basketball in a new way, sort of, and he um, he is sort of a. You, we want to see better pick and rolls. I mean, who better than to have this guy in here? I saw some like, well, he doesn't he doesn't teach defense and blah blah blah. And okay, but he's not yeah, the head coach. That's, yeah, that's perfect. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't yeah. imagine. He's an offensive coordinator, basically. Like, yeah, and he he's he's a perfect sixer because he's innovative in a different way. Like that's exactly what this organization is trying to do: find ways around. Like they now have like the Daryl Morey Rockets the pop spurs and the uh d'antoni sons to like mix and mash like all sorts of styles and try to find out what's best for this team and that's just cool like it's just they're gonna try to do a bunch of different stuff and the offense has looked really bad for a while so if d'antoni can help that then great and if he leaves after a year because the offense looks better and he gets a head coaching job somewhere else then great then that's fine like i'm not expecting him to be here for a decade yeah it's funny it's like all of a sudden like D'Antoni's going to get to practice and he's just going to start screaming at everybody, do not work on defense. Brett, get out of here. Like, what's he going to do? How could he – those teams were so good offensively. How could he not make – you know what I mean? How could he not help? And then there are other people that are saying, well, he ain't coming here you know, just to be an associate head coach. Well, you know what? He also ain't coming here to be the head coach. So yes. he doesn't he, – <laughs> I love when people say like, oh, he's not going to settle for this role. And it's like, well, he signed the – He's yeah. here because of the thing. Like, yeah. like oh, D'Antoni's not just going to be – or sorry, Colangelo's not just going to be a special advisor. And it's like, well, advisor is in his title. Yeah, so, so that's what he is. Yeah. And it, so it's it, like, well, they're not – is he going to be here to like play? Is he going to play basketball on the team? Like he's just going to force himself onto the court? My my thought would be and, – and if you're Mike D'Antoni, you don't want to be the head coach here. Certainly oh. not now. No. Um Honestly, if you're D'Antoni, you come in, you help make the offense better, you remind everybody what they like about you instead of what they remember bad about you, which is like the last couple of experiences, and then you go, yeah, yeah, and then you go get a good head coaching job, and it's fucking done. I I don't. Why is this? Why is this hard? I don't know why people are like, oh, I'm not sure about it. It's like this is just a cool thing. Like, it's adding a new element. It's like, well, what if they don't get along? And what if they don't work? It's like, if you anytime you hire anyone. The potential for them to not get along is high because sometimes people don't get along. But the power structure, I think in the Hinky thing and the Brown thing, is like they're still in charge. And these other people are just well-thought-of advisors. Certainly, certainly in the Brown thing. He yeah. is clearly head coach. Now, yes. the, the the difference between associate head coach and assistant, like the from what I understand, associate is basically just like head assistant. He's like yeah. right right hand man, and you don't yes. give a you don't give a guy like D'Antoni just assistant. You have to, and that way you pay him more, and he you know title wise he seems better. So yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually really really excited, and I wouldn't you're not going to expect this, but who, who I'm really excited to work with D'Antoni who? next season, Dario Saric. That is something. Oh yeah, I'm- yeah. That, yes, that would be fun. Assuming yeah. he's here, yeah. He'll be um, here. I talked to him. Oh, really? We, we text. No, I haven't talked to him, but he's going to be here. So uh, before we get to the rest of this, let's talk about our wonderful sponsor, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Got to. 
owned by the amazing L.L. Pavorsky. Now, we've talked about L.L. being the place you want to go for an engagement ring for a million different reasons, that L.L. is there for you. He's, he's, a, he's got his own process, and it's, it's a good process. It's a friendly process. It's one – and he's not a rookie. He's a veteran. But here, <laughs> here, is, here, is, here is even better, and you only have a couple of uh, weeks to take advantage of this, the rights to Ricky Sanchez line of engagement rings – there's only four of them. He's had inquiries already. So if you were thinking about it, go for it. Four fantastic new designs of diamond engagement rings. It comes with diamond matching wedding bands, one full carat, 14 carat white gold. They're designed with the right Ricky Sanchez clientele in mind. And remember, it's got both engagement ring and wedding band. Normally would be $3,100 until the end of the year, $1,999. Mm-hmm. Only four available. There's pictures right there on the post on SpikeEskin.com. Look, now is the time to get engaged, right? It's the holiday season. Every love is in the air. New, sure. new Year's. Think about New Year's. Maybe a New Year's proposal. And yep. Lee is your guy. You, you can tweet at Lee. Uh, ask him questions. Call. He will take as much time as you need to explain everything you need to know. And any if this price point is wrong for you, if you want to spend more, if you want to spend less, uh, you can call him at the shop, 215-627-2252. Email him. Tweet him. Go to LLPavorsky.com. He is there for you, right? There for you. Or you can just go to the store, 707 Walnut. He's always there, LLPavorsky.com. Do they have um, any extra mini hamburgers, mini cheese sticks for you? Look, if you tell him, LL, I'm all in on this engagement ring, but I want to be greeted with some champagne, red carpet, and some mini cheese steaks, he would make it happen. He's going to make whatever you want happen, yeah. And as the official sponsor of the Ricky for every podcast, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers makes a generous donation to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and Rain, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Seven seconds or less jewelry. Yeah. Get out quickly. I like it. I like it. L.L. D'Antoni. Yes. A quick D'Antoni note, and so I was thinking about um, uh, guys that we could acquire to be better, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at because I'm looking at guys around the league, and then we'll get to Kendall Marshall. I'm looking at guys around the league that aren't quite happy or working out, right. and I thought, and and then with the D'Antoni thing, it made me think. I was like, we would have to get somebody else too. Like he he's not our star, but. I love Goran Dragic, and it is oh, not yeah. it is not working in Miami. And I know he's Wait, only. Why did you say it's not working in Miami? Well, because he's not like really working in Miami. Like it's not they play. But the super, team is doing well. No, the team's doing well, but he's playing. But he is a very selfish guy. Um, he doesn't just want the team to do well. Like that guy wants to score points. Um, I think he's a perfect sort of pace and space point guard. I think he's not even playing like a ton of minutes. He's not there on crunch time a lot of the time. I just – unless they change how they play, I think that they would be – it would be a situation where if he would be happy here – and I know he's already 31, but he hasn't played a ton of minutes you know, in his career and the overseas seasons he played. It's not, it's not 82 games, you know. He's a, he's um, a, he's a young 31. I, I think – I'm not saying this is – I just think that that is somebody that we should have our mind open to and I think he'd be an interesting fit here. I, um, I was talking about uh, – I don't know if you saw this when I tweeted it, but I was I tweeted about uh, Ryan Anderson because the Pelicans made Ryan Anderson available. Did you yeah, see but, that? But isn't he unrestricted after this year? Yeah, I think it okay. would be with, with the uh, with the idea like, hey – I mean, I 
Ryan Anderson's really good, and he doesn't get credit for being good. And with the Sixers having a ton of cap space coming up and no one to use it all, I would probably max out Ryan Anderson um, this offseason. I'd give him four-year max. And Has he played? He hasn't played real well this year, has he, though? I mean, I know he's had a lot of, between the injury stuff and the personal stuff, he's had a rough couple of years. But. Yeah, he's had some rough stuff. But he's still shooting really well, and I think okay. he's the perfect stretch floor, stretch four to Nerlens and He's a him. pretty good rebounder, too. He's as a a, yeah, he's a real good rebounder. So I think, uh, I th- look, dude, like, Kendall Marshall, Stauskas, or if he ever gets it together, or Hollis, or whoever can shoot at the two, Covington, Anderson, Nerlens, that is a really nice lineup. And just just to recap, your trade was Okafor. My trade was Isaiah Cannon and, and Okafor for Ryan Anderson and the Pelicans 2016 first round pick with a top three protection. And a lot of, I mean, Pelicans fans hated it and Sixers fans hated it. So it felt it's a good trade. Felt like it's a good trade then. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why Pelicans, I mean, Pelicans fans hate it, just must not like Julia Locafor. Like that's just because he's certainly more valuable than a top three protected 2016 first round pick in theory, or at least he was before prior to this season. And so to get him for for that pick and a guy who's expiring this season and Cannon, who maybe you like, uh, I think it's a good, I think it's a fair trade for both teams. And the Sixers get to say like, okay, we're going to win now a little bit, but also we get to sort of do over uh, this draft pick and sort of make sure the fit works better. And the Pelicans get to build with, Anthony Davis and Jaleel Okafor? Like, that's really cool. And I think that works. I think both players would mitigate each other's weaknesses. Not that Anthony has much weaknesses, but I think they make each other's lives easier, certainly. I agree with you. I would do it. I, but I'm, you know, I, I won't spend a lot of time on my Jaleel Okafor thoughts. But, like, hey, buddy, when you get the ball, if we could skip the one hand dance around with, like, the <laughs> every time. Or if we could skip, skip the try to cross the guy over from the three-point line because you don't feel like fighting for post-position move. Mm-hmm. Or if like if he would just make his decisions quicker. And yeah. like I'm just so sick of the one hand – like whatever. Uh, we have a million other things to talk about. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, Kendall Marshall. <laughs> so you, when, turned, you turned on Kendall Marshall. You're back. Yeah. I mean look. Even when they, when they signed him, I understood. I would say that even though I was – I was sort of um, – I made fun of how slow he was. I was never nasty about Kendall Marshall. Right, right, right. Yeah. But um, he was – so he had six assists in like 15 minutes last night. I was I, – we, I went to the game with my cousin – with my cousin Alec again last night. And at halftime, we switched and took my aunt's seats, which are like two rows behind the Sixers bench. So I got uh-huh. to see Marshall um, up close. Like this guy – First of all, is a really, really good passer. A yes. really good passer plays with a calm that mm-hmm. is really impressive. Yeah, um, like, and it's a, it's a nice like uh, almost speed change with McConnell, who's just like running up and down the court and just like trying to find anything that happens. And and Marshall really controls pace. It's like it's like a Jamie Moyer fastball after you've seen like Cliff Lee. It's amazing. How much a difference it makes. Like when we talk about people's hands or how did he turn that over, when when you have a point guard putting the ball 
in the right spot yeah, on that yes. guy's body. And yes. and Kendall Marshall could do it. And look, he's a disaster on defense and he's isn't he like oddly not a good free throw shooter, or do I have that wrong? I think he might oddly be a bad free throw shooter. He doesn't um, get to the line much. Yeah. But but and he hit a three last night. And honestly, the wind up to it was not quite as bad as it looks like in warm ups. Like his his the shot was not as um like it looked like it got off a little quicker than he does when he's shooting warm-ups. I, I got to tell you, and Nerlens even said it last night, he makes – he will – for all of his shortcomings, and he does have some, he is sure. one of one of my favorite Sixers immediately. Sort of like <laughs> – sort of like Ish was – I mean Ish, Ish went from zero to 60 with me very quickly. Yeah. He just – the offense looked – it was interesting to me too. It he was, hum- stu- it was really humming. Like I, even Cannon was making decent passes when when Marshall was in there. I think good passes like beget more good passes. Yeah. And, and he- the first the first five possessions of last night were like si- Jaleel or Nerlens getting the ball in good position and just like turning it over or missing a dunk. Like that was yeah. that's how they got into an eleven nothing hole. It was really very frustrating to watch. But cool because you're like, oh, this is what Kenneth Marshall's gonna do for us, like forever. And that's what was funny. We were watching it when we were watching the first half of the game and they were down and I was watching the Kendall Marshall stuff. It was a disaster to watch, but somehow I said to uh, a guy sitting behind me, I was like, you know what? There's something about this that looks better than the results are indicating. And I thought, I said, I bet they're tied in the third quarter and the third quarter ended up being terrible, but um, they, they did, it did come around a little bit. And I'll say the other thing about Kendall Marshall is that so he started the game and I thought it was really he only played four minutes a quarter because he was on a 16 minute limit and I thought mm-hmm. it was very interesting that he didn't start the third quarter because in my head that was Brett saying okay well if I need I'd rather have you at the end of the game than yeah. the beginning of the quarter and it was a it was a for a guy who has not played a game with them this year to see the off the difference in the offense with him out there, I'm yeah. very much looking it's forward. It's going to be great, and it sucks yeah. that Roten wasn't playing because he was he was on a uh, he doesn't play back to backs yet. I wonder yeah. when that ends because I need them to be back. But I, I like not unselfishly. I like that they're taking their time with them coming back because you don't want them to re-injure their ACLs. That would just be a disaster. So I'm. I selfishly just want to see them play 35 minutes a night, but I think they'll ramp up to that eventually. Yeah, yeah, I, and and Kendall Mar- I, I said last night, and people thought I I was crazy. I was like, when when Kendall Marshall is fully healthy, he has nine plus assists a game, and yeah. I don't I, I don't know how he wouldn't do. It. He was even setting up Covington. Like there were a couple of passes to Covington for threes that it was yeah. just like he does. He just it. knows what he's doing out there, and I. I've wanted Kevin Kendall Marshall on the Sixers for so long. I've been talking about it for three years, and he's here, and I don't believe it. And he he plays like he's like forty five, yeah. And he he's like Andre Miller, but he also wears skinny jeans. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm all in. Yeah, dude. He plays me... he plays and looks like Dave Ruder. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I look if you could tell me I have a point guard who's 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 uh who's out of uniform gear is the un, a, a, a unbut an untucked collared shirt with a suit jacket and skinny jeans and also he's balding but he's only twenty four. Um, 
And also, he's slow, but somehow runs the fast break well. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take all. I'm all in. On and he's Kendall. great on Twitter. I don't know if you've looked at much yes. of him on Twitter. Yep. He's great on Twitter. And doesn't tweet too much, but he is no. great. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you the other thing. Watching Nick Stauskas up close last night. And he had a, like, boy, is he lucky he came on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Some some guy said to me was sitting next to me, and I you know I have hope I have hope, and he had, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me he has shown flashes, but there was a, a a couple of dudes sitting next to me, and they were they were saying, hey, here's an interesting question, <clears throat> I'm sorry, who's been the worst Sixer this year? And they were going through the Sixers, and I was like, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm not going to say it out loud, and I just yeah. I kept on going. Um, He's been- the the main thing is that he hasn't been hitting shots. I yeah, think yeah. if he shoot if he's shooting like thirty three percent from deep because he's right now twenty eight. If, oh. if he if he was up to thirty three percent from deep, then it'd be like okay, that's he's doing more things. But he's he's while his playmaking is starting to show itself. I yeah, think better than expected. Yeah. Yeah. I well because you don't watch him at Michigan, but this is the kind of player he is. Like he sets guys up. Like he played he ran point a lot there, and I don't want him to run point here, but I think that. Playmaking from the wing position is important, and I think you get that with Covington also. Uh, he just needs to hit shots. Like once, if he if he shoots better from three, he's having a great season, and I think that that will come. I really need it to come. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you physically, just and I've mentioned this far too many times. I won't dwell. Yeah, he has to get stronger. He just has yeah. to get stronger. So, uh, but we are a fan of of Nick, and we we are in his corner forever. We got to be. All right, let's yeah. go to the uh, Joel Embiid stuff. Um. Uh, uh. Yeah. Well, so he posted. Let me tell you the the picture he posted on Instagram. You like, think it was look, doctored? Well, it wasn't doctored, but if you look at some other pictures from that day, you know, his shoulders and his arms look great, but... And he was squeezing that ball really hard? Yeah, you know, Hold I... You know, for you know, maybe he was using that Sierra filter and, like, the contrast <laughs> up a little bit yeah, to show the definition. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but he, you know, he does look like he might have a couple extra pounds, but he can't do cardio. Like, he can't, you know, he's got the... He can't run, so I understand mm-hmm. that. I think the shocking thing to well, first of all, him hashtagging Shirley Temple was the greatest thing. <laughs> Shirley, uh, Shirley Temple and trust the process. Yes, and remember, the last time he used trust the process was when he was being grumpy and he he put trust me or trust the process, which <laughs> meant that he wasn't trusting the process. But it means he is trusting the process. But aside from that, he is so enormous as like his frame is so big. Like mm-hmm. he is never going to stop growing. Yeah. He's enormous. He, next yeah. to Okafor, he makes Okafor look like a child. Yes, he makes Okafor look so small. It's unreal. I can't. I think we have reached the point where, not that I am in charge of this, but I am reallowing us to talk about Joel Embiid on this podcast as we a thing to. that will happen. Yeah, we have to. We I don't we care. Have, I, we have to. Dude, we, we need. We need it. Here's the thing, man. This stupid thing is all about hope anyway. We can't not have hope for the one thing that would be the most, the best. You know what I mean? Screw it. I don't care. If you're going to put pictures of you on Instagram with giant shoulders, I'm going to talk about those shoulders and I don't care. So, yes, I'm all in on talking about. Um, So, here's my question to you. Uh, So, when they sign Elton Brand, does that mean that they're going to cut Christian Wood? Is will that be my dream? Sort of is that is that how this all works um, out? Who goes for Elton I, Brand? 
I think it's pro- it would probably be Christian, yeah. Yeah. Like it probably would, yeah. Yeah, yes. Which uh, is like, if I got to bite that bullet, fine. And, but then I will be rooting so hard for Christian Wood to be a, have a successful NBA career somewhere else. I know. I know. But here's one thing that was interesting about Elton is that um, – and I was funny. Remember when we were talking about finding the right veteran? I was talking about KG and I was like, well, who is that guy for the Sixers? He doesn't exist. It's, El- it's Elton Brand. It's 100% Elton Brand. Yeah. And I, honestly, for a guy – it's funny. For a guy who got paid so much and didn't really live up to it, we all love him. I mean, yes. he was he was a good guy and a good yes. sort of like he was Chris, he was Chris Webber except was here for longer and like was nice about it. Yeah, like, and like he I, was signed to be just like Webber was traded for to be like the guy. Yeah, and it never happened. Yeah, I'll, and I'll tell you, man, he his defense on I remember him de- defending Dwight Howard. Yeah, it was so, awesome. So surprising, especially because he's like six eight and yeah. he's just like fighting. He's got that fifteen foot jumper, you know. I don't know. I'd, I'd really, I think, Carl Landry is going to be that guy. He's and he's almost coming back. So I'd rather, if you're going to get somebody, get like a Jason Richardson type, like to mm. some I, shoot off guard to just like stretch the floor and like know what he's doing. I do like the Duke thing. I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know. I I assume Carl Landry's an okay guy, but I know that Elton Brand is a great guy. Right. You know. Yeah, that's so. true. Um, I got to go in a second, but I do want to ask you. Okay, and I do. Who, I do have a Sixers related jigsaw. It'll be quick, but I you, you got to let me do it. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So, what's your um, question? Nerlens Noel is currently leading the Sixers in dunks. Yes. Who, who is second? <sighs> well. In dunk strength, I would say Jeremy Grant, but I would not say in total dunks. Um, in total dunks, because you're bringing it up to me, I'm going to say Hollis Thompson. <laughs> no. Oh. Hollis, has, Hollis has no dunks this time. Oh, time. okay. Then uh, Jakar? No, Jakar has six. Nerland has 30. Jeremy Grant has 26. Oh, so it is Jeremy. It's Jeremy, yeah. Oh, okay. And then Rashawn Holmes and Jaleel both have 12. Okay. Uh, Jaleel got, got up a couple of times last night. He did night. get up a couple of times, yeah. yeah. But Rashawn just being dunk guy is really – I really like it. He just yeah. needs to just, just be in there and throw some dunks down and then go, be, go to bed. I tell you, I saw him up close last night and uh, something you brought up before might be true. Lick face? He might be, yeah. Okay. By the way, did I forward you the email of the guy that was like sort of disappointed that we were using Lickface yes, as like a thing? You did, did forward me that email. <laughs> a so bunch great. of people tweeted, tweeted, or at least one guy tweeted at you saying that like, all right, I'm out after the like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Down, I don't want to say. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I, I don't want to do down with TTP. He's like, I got douche chills. It's like, well, that's that's. <laughs> I love how many people are using Lickface like. It's the greatest. Some, I, I sent you a tweet after Zach Lowe like did his article. Like somebody just responded with a normal question and hashtagged it lickface. Yeah, so good. <laughs> well, let's be, all right, all right. Jigsaw, Sixers related jigsaw. Play. Here we I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I, I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, "How does it feel to win the ultimate game?" And he said, "If it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year?" Okay, I don't think I've ever done like a pure Sixers-related jigsaw that isn't gross or anything, but this will be the first one, and it's based on a conversation we had earlier. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. 
in five years, the Sixers win the championship. Of course. Sam Hinkie was not part from, like, let's say Sam Hinkie gets fired at the end of this year. Okay. And the, con- the conventional wisdom, and the most, even beyond the haters, the conventional wisdom is that his plan was a failure. You could not do it that way. And Jerry Colangelo, by signing, you know, veterans and whatnot, led them to a championship. Okay. Or... Um, An 81-year-old Jerry Colangelo. Yes. Okay. Uh, and Sam Hinkie never gets another job. Or... Well, he'll this, get some job. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's... Don't make that... Don't make his well-being part of it. <laughs> okay. Thing. Okay. Or... The Sixers fail with Jerry Colangelo. Sam Hinkie goes somewhere else, wins a championship. The Sixers are mired in mediocrity, but the prevailing conventional wisdom is that the process and Sam Hinkie were right all along. <laughs> so I get to pick that one? Yeah. The championship. Are you kidding? Really? I, I like Sam a lot. I think he's great. But I won a championship. Rudy. Rooting for a championship Sixers team that is actually good, I will weep. I will be crying for so long, Spike. Okay. You, like, I have, I mean, obviously the Sixers, I think, are nearest to your heart. But yes. the Sixers have been nearest to my heart since 08, when I started writing for Liberty Ballers. So this is like, I've been through a lot, like just this. I mean, not that you haven't, but you've had, I think your, your time has been split more than mine has. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, so this would feel like... It would, it would feel like my son won a championship. Like Bonus. it would feel like I like I did it. Bonus question from our intern Philip on Twitter: Would you let Colangelo fire Hanky and bring in his son if it meant that Adam Silver promised uh, to rig the draft lottery and give the Sixers number one and four? <laughs> no. 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 Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Wouldn't, um, wouldn't you that. you got to go. I don't want to hold you up. Um, uh, are you down with like teach- I feel like we've been talking every day. I yes. feel like we've had a podcast every single day. <laughs> well, that's what the Sixers do for us. They give us content at least. A lot so. of content. Too much content. We need less. Uh, this has been we the right Ricer- – what? We need to talk about Roten as much. We need to talk about more Roten. Yeah, well, when we get more Roten, I think sample yeah. size, I think that will be better too. I'm so happy uh, he's back. I'm so happy he's back. Me too. I love him. Um, this has been the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers where Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut, always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know Lickface. <laughs> so stupid. All right, see ya. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, won't you hit, son?